Welcome to Healthy Habits, Happy Homes with the Guelph Family Health Study, where we share research and practical tips for applying it to your own family. Each week, we'll bring you evidence-based health information from experts. Our quick tips will help you create healthy habits for a happy home. Welcome to this week's episode of Healthy Habits, Happy Homes with the Guelph Family Health Study. I'm Lisa Tang. And I'm your new co-host for this week, Tori Ambrose. And today, we're really going to be focusing on staying healthy throughout the winter. Who's ready to survive the winter? I am. (laughs) And to help us survive the winter, we're here with nurse practitioner Ray. Uh, Ray Delafrenier. She has been a nurse practitioner for 10 years, and she's also the mom of two beautiful girls. Thank you, Ray, for joining us today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. So let's start by talking about flu season. Ray, can you tell us a little bit about what this means? Um, the flu season can occur any time of year. However, it's most prevalent during um, the cold season in each hemisphere. So uh, in Canada, it happens um, anywhere from October to March, but can last like I said, for the whole the whole year, um, and it can be it can present as a variety of illnesses: the influenza, common cold, strep throat, ear infections, gastroenteritis, and the, the list can go on and on and on. So that sounds like quite the list. What are the most common ones that you might see in your office? The most common ones that we would see would be um, with little guys, um, ear infections, which is uh, presents just as ear pain and it's sometimes preceded by a cold. Um, Oftentimes we'll see a cold as well, which is of gradual onset. um, And it generally starts with a scratchy throat and a runny nose with congestion and sneezing and cough. Um, And sometimes you can get body aches and pains. sometimes see the flu as well and that's more of an abrupt onset of fever and muscle aches and pains with headache and chills and fatigue weakness and a dry cough and and the difference between a cold and the flu is that the flu can often lead to other bacterial infections like pneumonia okay so um i'm a mom myself so as my kids come home from school teeming with germs from the day and sometimes they come home with like a runny nose or a little bit of a sniffle or a cough how can uh, those of us who are moms and not nurse practitioners tell the difference between uh, if a cold and, and maybe a flu symptom or, or when should we start to be concerned? The symptoms often present the same but influenza often happens like suddenly like one minute the kid is fine and then the next minute the kid has like a raging fever and doesn't want to get off the couch and feels very unwell, sometimes complains of a headache, whereas a cold is the runny nose and the sneezing and and that stuff that sort of happens slowly over the course of a couple of days. So that would be the biggest, those biggest um, differences. Also with little kids, sometimes they can get vomiting and diarrhea with the flu, which you don't often get with a cold. Okay. So Ray, what is a fever? A fever is anything greater than 38.1 degrees Celsius. but in the flu, it can often present as a higher fever, um, sometimes in the 39.5 degrees Celsius range. Okay. And then when uh, should we take them in to see you or a doctor? Uh, well, I mean, the first thing would be is if you're concerned. Um, if if um, the child's not getting any better or not responding to um, appropriate medications and, and methods of reducing a fever, um, they should be seen. Perfect. So just sort of trust what you're thinking as a parent and yeah whatever your gut is telling you all right so let's say that despite our best efforts you know we're trying to keep everybody healthy and germ free and 
somehow those kids still come home with a stuffy nose or a runny nose and fever. So what are some tricks of the trade that you have learned as a nurse practitioner um, that you suggest to help ease symptoms at home rather than getting help right away if it's something that doesn't need it? Um, drinking lots of fluid. Um, with uh, little kids, sometimes they don't feel like eating. Um, and I never say to push that, but you definitely want to push the fluid. So water, broth, um, smoothies, popsicles, that sort of stuff. Um, rest, um, humidified air in their bedrooms um, with a coolness humidifier. Um, if they can tolerate saline nasal rinses, that would be awesome, but most little kids can't without more than one parent involved. Um, Wrestling them down to the ground? Holding them. Holding their faces? Yeah, I've done that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Using um, Tylenol or Advil for the fevers, aches, and pains. You don't just have to use a a Tylenol, an Advil, or acetaminophen, ibuprofen for a fever. If they're complaining of a headache or they've got muscle aches, it's fair to use that as well. Um, Using it as directed on the bottle um, and also making sure that there's no allergies to those medications. Um, Gargling with salt water, which as well is very interesting with little people. Um, that usually doesn't really work that well. Um, and then the other thing is, is if there is a cough, um, honey in lemon water can be offered um, to kids who are older than 12 months of age because um, that can help to relieve the cough symptoms. Sure. And are these tips that we only use in kids or are they something that parents can do when they start to feel run down as well? Oh, parents can totally do that. <laughs> as soon as the kids get sick, they should be doing the parents should be doing saline nasal rinses. So we know that falling asleep can be difficult when you have a cold, especially if the child's upset and they're sick. So do you have any tips for getting kids to sleep without using medication? Um, A couple of the things would be raising the head of their bed with a um, old textbook or a brick or something and and putting it underneath their mattress as opposed to just giving them more pillows. Um, The other thing would be making sure that their... um, the air in their bedrooms are is humidified. Um, with that cool mist humidifier, you just don't want to have the window open. That's not as effective. Um, again, with the saline nasal rinses, um, if they're too young to tolerate that, you could also use a nasal aspirator, which is also known as a snot sucker. That um, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that requires two people also to 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 hold to hold a little one a little one down to do that. But it is very gratifying getting those big pieces of snot out of their little so, so noses. What's, so are there, is there a multiple kinds of snot suckers? Or? In fact, there is. Oh. Um, you might have seen one um, when uh, your baby was first born, um, and that's like a little blue bulb that you use to, to, um, to, uh, to remove the snot from their noses. Um, there's also ones where you can actually like, a, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a, a little tube that you put to their nose and then you suck the other end and and it gets the it gets the snot out but don't worry you don't actually suck mm-hmm. the snot into no. your mouth no no <laughs> okay there's something there blocking the there snot is something there out. blocking the snot but does it work do you recommend that to your patients it does work um i do sometimes it's 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 expensive it's like they the are. 20 dollar outlay of of money but where would you find them at shoppers drug mart perfect So thinking about keeping our whole family healthy, what are some ways that we can keep both kids healthy and parents healthy? Uh, The first thing would be to get the flu shot. Um, It helps to protect against the flu only, so you can still get colds and and strep throat and sore ears and all of that sort of stuff, but it does protect you from the potentially deadly influenza virus. other things you can do is make sure you wash your hands, that the kids are washing their hands, that everyone's covering their mouths when they're coughing. 
um, that you stay home when you're sick and stay away from sick people and avoid touching your face or picking your nose, picking your kid's nose or what happens your when dog's you, nose. Or what happens when you pick your kid's nose? <laughs> they can get sick. Your kids can get sick. Absolutely. So not me. Not, not you, unless you do something with that snot that no, you shouldn't. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. But if I pick my kid's nose, I guess because the germs are on my hand. The germs are on your hand and the germs are already in their nose and you're just opening up an area for the germs to get in. Mm. Mm-hmm. So when people say that the flu shot maybe gives them the flu or whatnot, is that true or is the flu shot still a viable option to keep us all healthy? So you can't get the flu from the flu shot. And by the flu shot, we're talking about um, uh, a needle. Um, The needle does not have a live virus associated with it. So if you got the flu, you likely were infected prior to to actually getting the flu shot. So it might look like... You might think that it's from the flu shot, but really you were, you probably had the virus before you went in. Right, right. Got it. So, Ray, you mentioned needle when you were talking about the flu shot. Are there any other options? Uh, there is. There is a um, a nasal spray that you can that you can use. Um, it's generally meant for people over two and um, and generally up until around age 17. That one is a live um, attenuated virus, so you might um, get a little bit stuffy. Um, from that, but again, you can't get the flu from the flu shot, um, and it would go half would half of the dose would go up one nostril and half up the other nostril, and just from personal experience, little people don't like that. They would much rather have the flu shot, the the uh, the injectable vaccination. So, so you, so you found that some kids don't actually like the. They one do not them. like the stuff going up their nose. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I think they're horrified from the nasal aspirator. Oh, okay, probably. <laughs> So, well, that's that's okay. I mean, the nasal aspirator works, mm-hmm. and you're saying that both flu shot options work. Absolutely. Okay. So if if your kid maybe had a bad experience with the nasal one one year, the next year you can try the needle. Or if they don't like the needle, then the the nasal option is it, there as well. Yes. And up to age seventeen. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Do you have any seventeen year olds asking for the nasal one? No, not not generally. No. No. Okay. No. Where can people get their flu shot? Is the doctor's office the only option? The doctor's office actually is one of the the lesser of the options. Um, Why is that? Because the doctor's office only gives it to people over 65 or with a underlying condition or children less than five years of age. So that five to 60 or the six years to 64 has to find another way to get it. Um, And you can go to a pharmacy and get that done, or you can um, go to public health um, at one of their flu shot clinics or make an appointment with public health. I think uh, the University of Guelph, probably Mm -hmm. through public health, I believe, uh, has flu shot clinics as well, uh, typically in the fall. Yeah, usually I've seen mine, the clinic come up around October or November. Mm-hmm. And they're open to everybody. So, Ray, you mentioned um, the flu shot and how that is one of the best ways we can all stay healthy. How about infants? So I heard um, keeping infants healthy, or from my understanding, keeping infants healthy, um, the best way to do that is through herd immunity. So everybody in the family kind of gets that flu shot. But since our infants can't get it, what what can we do or when... What, are, what would our infants look like if they're sick, and when should we really bring them into our family doctor or nurse practitioner? Uh, well, we definitely don't want our infants around people who are sick. So as as the parent or parents, um, it's up to you to, to tell people to stay away if they're not feeling well. 
Um, also, having people wash their hands before they're 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 touching or playing with the infant is is very good. And if your little one does get sick, um, if they're sort of less than six months and not feeding, one of the signs are is like poor feeding, snotty nose, fussier, um, if um, fever. Uh, and, and those sorts of things. Um, now, if, if the little ones get sick, you'll also can sometimes their breathing gets faster. And so then um, you definitely would want um, to be seen by somebody um, uh, with the little ones. Uh, they do get sick very quickly. Um, and so seeing your family doctor, nurse practitioner are going to emerge if, if there's concerns about, about what's happening with the little one. Um, the six months to, to, to 12 months is a little bit different because they are eating. So one of the first signs is that they're not eating anymore and they, and they want more um, cuddle times and, and, uh, and formula or breast milk. Um, so encouraging them to continue to drink um, and offering that um, whenever, they, whenever they need. And then, and then as well, um, seeing the family doctor if there's changes to their breathing or their fever doesn't go down or um, they just don't seem right. Wow. Well, this has been an information full podcast. Thanks so much, Ray. Um, thinking about all of the things that you've shared with us so far, what would be your three take home messages for families to stay healthy this winter? Um, wash your hands. Don't pick your nose and get the flu shot. I'd say those are pretty straightforward. So that's about it for this week's episode. Thank you so much, Ray, for coming on the podcast with us. You're very welcome. Yes, thanks for having us, Ray. We got some really great information. Uh, so the top three tips from the Guelph Family Health Study to stay healthy over the winter include getting that flu shot. So whether it be uh, through a needle or through the nose spray. Also to make sure that you wash your hands, keep those germs out of the house. And also eating a balanced diet and getting a good night's sleep. And thank you, Tori, for filling in for Angela Wallace. It's been so much fun. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you next time on the next podcast of Healthy Habits, Happy Homes. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Healthy Habits, Happy Homes. We can't wait to have you tune in with us next week. But in the meantime, if you'd like to connect, you can visit our website, www.guelphfamilyhealthstudy.com or visit us on Facebook at Guelph Family Health Study. Thanks and have a great week.